This week's episode is sponsored by Helio Gas Detection and Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I want to give a shout out to our guests. We've got Crossfire in the studio. I've got Dan, Matt, Connor, and I have Joe from Gamma Bomb on co-host duties tonight. Thanks for joining me, lads. Cheers, Richie. Cheers, Thanks for having us, bud. It's great to have you on. There's plenty to cover. First of all, the big build-up to the album release. Although when this comes out, the album will be out and you'll be after doing the the launch gig as well. So congratulations on a fantastic launch gig and an album. That's well done. Cheers, <laughs> cheers Reggie. It was great. No one was set on fire. Everything yeah. went smoothly. Jeez, <laughs> and and riots again in Dublin because of you. Fair foxy, lads. <laughs> no, it's it's I, great. Thanks for sending it on to me. Everybody knows how much I love trash anyway. So man, you know, fucking ripping the scene in Ireland. It's it's brilliant. Great release. It's been a long time coming as well. I, I presume you'd all agree with that. Yeah, a very, very long time coming. <laughs> Pars- partially our own fault and then partially as again, as I said, we sure we get into, but Probably. yeah, but yeah, if it weren't for the big C, and it's it's just it's such a relief now because there's such a build up between recording and then not being able to record and then doing it a different way. So, but a bit of means that when it comes out now or now that it's out already, and um, it's it's all the sweeter. Yes, it is indeed, and there was a nice build up of gigs to this event as well. I want to talk about the siege in particular. Um, I was front and center. Watching you play that, I had just a big smile on my face. It was great to see you down there, lads. Yeah, it's been a good few years since we were down there. Yeah, but um, yeah, it always is. It's always deadly to play. 2018, CJ, the last last one. I think it was. 2016. 2016? Yeah, it was the... It was 2016, but we were lucky enough that um, we were able to play with Centrix in Dolan's March of this year. Yeah. So yeah, so we so we were talking to John. It's like, come on, it's been too long. And in fairness, he said straight away, "Ah, oh, yeah, we'll have you." And he gave us a nice, good slot. And yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully, it's more. Yeah, hopefully, it's not another six years by the time we're back. Yeah. How were you able to gauge the reaction of the crowd? There was plenty loving it from my side, anyway. The crowd at Siege is always savage, and we were kind of nervous. In as in, we knew. I think we were the last band on the upstairs stage, which I was delighted by in the way that the upstairs stage for me is my favorite stage. There's yeah. plenty of space, but it's not kind of too roomy like the warehouse. I think the sound upstairs is amazing, and I think we were kind of like a wee bit nervous because we knew that we were clashing with uh, Roper, who are great, and also the the local legends making their comeback. So it's like. Look, we'll see what the crack is. We we have our set. We're gonna play it. We're gonna have fun either way. And yeah, no, the the, the crowd was a uh, big crowd, good crowd, loud crowd. Happy days. Yeah, and sure. Look, you know what? There was so many brilliant bands that day that suited me personally. Like Saint Slaughter really got the place up and running oh, yeah. um, with that performance. It was fucking class. Like, yeah, they always do though. They're a great band. <laughs> yeah, what were you saying, Matt? Uh, Jeff is just an insane guitar player. When you're looking at it, like it's just like, oh my god! <laughs> yes, yeah. it's like I yeah. can't believe I have to follow you. <laughs> and poor Lawrence wearing the uh, ghost face outfit. I know, wonder <laughs> so good, man. He kept it right throughout the gig, like. I, I I think at one stage I was trying to convince the lads to get some sort of Halloween get up going, and I don't think I would have been convinced them either way. But then I'm thinking drumming for 40, 45 minutes since. Yeah. Sweat, no, but he actually did. I don't know how he lasted as long as he did. Fair play, but he was wearing it all day as well. I think he was melting in it, <laughs> like wearing then, three leather jackets or something. Yeah, <laughs> just seeing Gamma Bomb then main stage, lads. Jesus, like, just didn't get any better, really, did it? Yeah, now unfortunately, I only caught first two Gamma Bomb songs, three Gamma Bomb songs, then I had to fucking go. I think I was there for the most of it. <laughs> I was there for most of you were Yeah, I was in the middle. I think I caught six or seven because I know I definitely caught a couple of the new album songs that are all great. But then yeah. I had to, um, yeah, so I did, went my warm up as diligent as possible while still being able to see a bit of the Gamma Bomb lads. But yeah, I knew you were there for the whole thing because I got all set up. It's five minutes to go. I was like, where oh, yeah, we were looking Matt for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it got to a point where I thought you bailed or literally forgot about the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a such a great um like way to advertise that you have an album out guys so like having a sold out crowd in dolan's like that to like let everybody know like and i'd say that there'll be a lot of people who were at that gig who would be like convinced and like you know become fans because of it you know 
I hope so. Because again, look, yeah, the, so do I. <laughs> no, all the all everyone down in Limerick that goes to the gigs are all savage. Where you know the amount that goes down there is great, and you have a chat to anyone down there, especially for the siege when people are coming from all four corners, it's great. But it was also it was a good opportunity for us to kind of because we haven't gigged too much this year. We've only played three gigs, the it's two the gigs in Dolans, and the, in tw- in twenty twenty three, yeah, the yeah, two gigs in Dolans, okay. I believe. And then we played Templemore Metal Fest in summer as well. And it was just purely because we know how long the album was delayed, um, like from us recording it. It was just all we wanted to focus on and just get it done because we knew, we, we basically said, so no, it cannot be 2024. It has to be before that. Otherwise, we'd just be kicking ourselves and kicking the can down the road even further. So, And then when we do book a gig, it's always like, no, we're not going to record. We want to give ourselves the two or three weeks to kind of, get back into rehearsal and proper gigging stamina otherwise we fecked so yeah yeah and what about you matt was it nice to be on stage again playing guitar looking out at the nice. crowd it was nice to be on the upstairs stage for a change as well because the last time we played the centrics like in the warehouse stage it's very reverby in that room it's hard to hear your guitar back so uh, yeah it was nice to play upstairs again it's a good change i've never played in the, in the downstairs one though ever yeah. yeah. Oh, the, I think the, I played... the tiny one. The tiny one, yeah. I've never played on that one. Yeah, That's no, Casbah, no, yeah. I've never played that either. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's always a good sound down there, there as well, to be fair. I think we've just I seen think... a bit of horrendous set there. And then, oh, then we came back up. Brilliant. Yeah. Horrendous. Horrendous keep getting better and better. Like like ourselves, I think that they, they've been going a good while now, I know. But every time I hear them release something, like Black Metal wouldn't be one of me, me go to genres, but. Yeah. Every song they release, I think I, I like it more and more. So to see them doing everything they're doing too is savage. Yeah. And Joel, the last time he played Dolan's, or have you ever played Dolan's? Um, played Dolan's with uh, me and Alan's cover band about six or seven years ago down in the Casbah downstairs. Oh, but that was the first time uh, Gambom ever played in Limerick there at Siege. So it was great. Yeah. And you got a really, fantastic really awesome. reaction, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it was it's, good it's, crack. And like, thanks to yourself for playing the monster as well. Like, you know, yes, I did that cameo, came on oh, stage. That was you, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall over any leads. Or... <laughs> I made it true. Like, I made it true. And considering the condition I was in as well, like, I mean, I, I wasn't exactly staving myself of alcohol. Or... <laughs> <laughs> So, lads, um, so for the unfamiliar, tell us, tell us a wee bit about the history of Crossfire. How did you, how did you get together then? Because you've had a relatively stable lineup, really, haven't you? Mm, which is unusual. Uh, about fucking eleven years ago, um, I bumped into Kev and our old guitarist Tracy at a gaff party, and we just we hit we hit it off from the get go. It was just it was just cheap cans and thrash, and um, they're both guitarists. I played bass, so we just we, we decided we'd start jamming together. We didn't didn't know a drummer, so we were just sitting in a bedroom jamming Black Sabbath and Megadeth and stuff. And then um, Kevin a few bits of songs ready to go, and we started throwing something together. And we we had um we had Dale come in and do drums temporarily for a while. And um, he wasn't I don't know I don't think he was really into it. He didn't have a drum kit around. He wasn't a drummer. He just he fancied giving it a try. Yep. And then uh, that's where Dan Dan came barrel rolling into our lives. Uh, it was a completely different beast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking. It was yeah, it was like chalk and cheese. Dale was very uh, light or something, and Dan was like a fucking stick of dynamite going off the side of your head. I think was, you mean D- yeah, Dale was... was very technical, as in very good fundamentals, and I was able to hit the heart, the drums hard to compensate <laughs> at the time, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about yeah, Mark? So that was then? After... Sorry, I get people's names wrong as well. Uh, 2014, I think it was. Um, was that it, lads? Give or take, yeah. I think it was in and yeah. around then, yeah. I think my first my first gig with Crossfire was the Siege. The first time I played yeah, the Siege. Was, yeah. The first time okay. I played with them was the Siege in 2014. We opened the warehouse at like. Yeah. half 12 one o'clock and yeah, yeah, yeah because you you hadn't even had the whole set learned at the time so there was some no. questionable covers thrown in <laughs> <laughs> i almost missed the bus as well remember you were on the back of the bus and i almost missed it to limerick that that sounds no, right i can't remember that yeah <laughs> yeah the bus on uh, westmoreland street was it mm. yeah. Street. yeah 
Yeah, those that's... are the days where you, you had you had enough money for a bus fare, and that's like that first season. I don't remember any of it. We 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 had to leave at like four o'clock that day as well because the money for our bus fare to stay maybe have one or two drinks or a can if any was going, and then like we went home because we just didn't have any cash to stay or anything. Jesus, yeah. Hey, when we used to fill the guitar bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's down to a personality thing as well, but a band like yourselves, I'd say, you know, it's just a good vibe in the end, really, when you're together this length of time. Yeah, I think that the four of us, we work well together, but we can also, I think, and a very important thing is they have a bit of fucking crack with each other as well. You know, if you're yeah. four people, they're just constant loggerheads and yeah, I don't know, you, you need to be able to have a bit of crack. We yeah. wouldn't have stayed together as long if, if it weren't for that, like, even though, because we, 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 I think we have been slower than we'd like with kind of our progression because, like, I, I always tell this to people and it's like, you're, you're going for over 10 years now. It's like, yes, but like, we, we'll be the first to admit those first three, four, five, six years. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 we, we we didn't take it seriously. We, we loved drinking. At, yeah, well, we were we were a drinking band with a trash metal problem or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> and, but, but I but I vividly remember there was a there was like a almost like a light bulb going off around about twenty eighteen ish where we said, "Nah, fuck it, we're gonna do this. Let's take it seriously. We'll have our crack like after the gig is done or a night during the week or something like that. But we're gonna take you know the actual performing the song and all that properly. And I think since then. Like that's what I say. It's a, it's a different band, and that's I think that's why we did so well, and we had such good momentum. Kind of, I think since twenty nineteen onwards, uh, obviously there's been a stopgap in the middle, but uh, it's continued on. <laughs> you can kind of judge that by the supports you were landing when you did take it seriously, I suppose, lads. One hundred percent. Yeah, we, we did stop acting act the maggot. Yeah, we did. We started got, getting better support slots, and yeah. I so think it just shows they, if you do take it a bit seriously, you do you do get somewhere. There's, I think it was in 2019 alone, we were able to, luckily H gave us a chance on a DME uh, gig. We supported Lost Society, I believe. And then he had it, that was in a March. He had us back then in October to support We played with Gambo, I think, oh, on various Bibbers. points two, of the bill. Two or three times at least, yeah. yeah. But I think that was in 2019 as well. Yeah, I think in all that year, it was at least Lost Society, Gamma Bomb and Exorder. Exorder. Oh, Which yeah. fuck yeah. Exorder. Well, I think the Gamma class. Bomb one was downstairs in Flippers, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. I think it was us, Animator, Gamma Bomb, obviously, yeah. and one of Twisted Autocracy's last gig as well. Mm. So when you're talking yeah. about an Irish trash lineup, it doesn't get much better than that. Jeez. I'd forgotten they played. Yeah. So, how important, guys, was it then uh, at that kind of stage when you did start? taking things bits more seriously 10 years ago that you were all kind of listening to the same bands was there arguments about death metal influences or were you all like kind of singing from the same hymn sheet well Dan keeps uh, trying to throw away last beats every now and again poorly <laughs> I'm not landing that <laughs> well I'd say uh, the four of us have uh, basically the same influences but with uh, a few added extra bits each um, I think I think for this first album, at least, as in, again, we all listen to like a load of different stuff and I will try and throw in an odd time signature and a bit of proggy stuff here. And CJ, tell me to fuck off. CJ, if it, the more speed metal it sounds, the better. But uh, <laughs> in general, I think we have, for at least for this album, like we had a good idea and a good impression of what we want the Crossfire Trash uh sound to be basically okay. and what influences that's going to draw from and then you know when it comes to uh picking songs and writing songs for album number two some of that might change but uh we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it cool yeah it's more organically then lads like there's no meetings about what musical direction you're going in or anything like that or not necessarily pushing no. the boundaries of the band as such like it's just a natural evolution as such then really is it Natural progression yeah. to progressive trash. <laughs> <laughs> and Kev isn't here, obviously, but like we should acknowledge that when it comes to the kind of the riffs and the meat and potatoes of the songs, he'll Absolutely. account for 80, 90 percent of that. <laughs> yeah. But, he is um, the fucking man. He is yeah, the fucking man. <laughs> the, the riff the riff master general, as we uh, call yeah. it. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna play the first single off the new album mm. Switch to Reset and um Talk about that then. Mm-hmm. 
Fucking class, lads. <laughs> Wormhole Debt Records. Shout out to Carlo Bellotti. I think that's his name. He came on the podcast there around a year, year and a half ago. A lovely guy over in Italy. Uh, how did how did they get interested in Crossfire? Um, I think it was actually the 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 guy that we had mix and master the album had found us on YouTube. I think it was the um the single we did uh, the single version of Who Goes There back oh, yeah. in 20, 2016. I think he'd found that and he reached out to us. He um he obviously has a working relationship with Wormhole. And he said he'd love to uh, to work with us more. And he said that he'd he'd sent it to Wormhole, and they were interested as well. So that's that's how they got in touch with us. Okay. And just puts things in context. That was in late 2019 when we began that kind of um, conversation <laughs> with Wormhole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've been sniffing around a few Irish bands, uh, Wormhole, Dead Records. Um, it's, it's good to see that, you know. We, yeah. we're ta- we, we're talking to one at the siege who I believe that they're releasing their next release for Wormhole. I, I don't want to say just yeah. because I don't know well, if, it, yeah. if it's been announced now or if it'll be announced by the time this has come out. But um, yeah, yeah, they must like something over here. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think I think he said to us that he lived over here at, at one stage, he did. didn't he? Correct. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, that's what it was. Yeah, he's a family member over here as well. So yeah, he's he's a nice guy, man. Um, very passionate. You need people like that. Uh, but he's a realist as well. But it's great to see, you know, another Irish band getting signed to an international label because if you kind of think about it, there's actually a lot of the other bands like Animator and Psychosis and Snowblind have probably been going longer than you guys, you know. But um, well, yeah, it seems like you yeah. guys have more of a fire lit under your arse than they have, you know. I mean, they, they've all been gone for a while and we'd like still like almost look up to them in a way kind of and we've been seeing them as long as we've been going. That, that they're all savage, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like because we were we we're like I don't even know if we like we were immediately dead set on signing with Wormhole and how successful it would be, etc. But the one thing we always said is like, and there might have been varying degrees of success along the way, but you know we've played the likes of Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Belfast, Galway, etc. And most I I wager that a lot or maybe most uh, metal fans in Ireland at least maybe have heard the name of Crossfire in passing even if they haven't seen mm-hmm. us or listened to our music etc um, we we want this we want Switch Teresa to hopefully be the launching pad or at least give us the opportunity the chance to take that elsewhere and whether that be you know how many shows that will result in across the water and Europe or anything like that we, we want as many people as possible to hear this music and then we'll let the chips lie where they may yeah would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan seems to uh, articulate things way better than I can, so I just kind of stay in the background and let no, the people well, talk. Matt, Matt, everyone's here from you. <laughs> I won't leave him in the background, Dan. You won't be left behind, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it is great, Joe, to have bands, on, especially Irish metal bands, on a record label. You probably would be a bit cynical a lot of the times when you hear these announcements, you know, with with Gamma Bombs history as well. But in general, um, it's a good experience to get your music out there these days. Would you say, Joe, to have someone pushing behind you that yeah. way? Absolutely, because really all you want to do is try and uh, have more people who think that your band are great, who want to help you, you know, and be the producers or labels or anything like that you know as long as they believe in the band that's the important thing you know i think Mm. what happened in the past with a lot of bands is that you end up signing the labels or working with people who aren't really that mad fussed on what you're doing you know so i think as long as they're enthusiastic that's uh you know just tell them to put their money where their mouth is and bring you over to italy for some gigs yeah (laughs) that'd be good let's talk about the actual production of the album lads who was behind it there doesn't seem to be any credits being thrown out yet, but early days. CJ, do you want to tell the story or will I? Because it's a it's a wee bit of a long and winding route. <laughs> uh, you go on and I'll chip in. <laughs> uh, the, the the original plan was, and uh, uh, we were the plan was, and we were so excited to go over to uh, Italy, somewhere in Florence, I believe, uh, in May of 2020 for three weeks with our digs paid for to record the album in the studio from Jonathan Mazzeo. He's the guy who mixed the master for us. And I think he did a cracking job. Yes. Of course, we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. And then the problem was not even 
that initial lockdown, the grounded planes and all of that, it was the uncertainty as in we we're closing and then we we're open and we we're closing and we we're open and same thing was happening in Italy and everywhere else. It got to the stage where we it, it, like even practically when we were thinking about work schedule and stuff like that, the arrangements we had made to book three weeks off work and sort that out with paid leave and unpaid leave and all that. It got to the stage where we couldn't wait anymore and we couldn't there were there wasn't any way of making that work logistically. So we said uh it was around about kind of yeah by late twenty twenty one things are starting to get back to normal. We said no we're gonna do this ourselves for the most part as in we are lucky enough that Jonathan was still on board to mix and master and we had an arrangement with him where we were able to call him on Skype or email him if we needed any tips regarding mic placements or what's the best dog or the best thing to do in this dog etc. But for the most yeah for the most part it meant that over kind of from yeah pretty much a year from middle of 2022 to middle of 2023 it was just us chipping away at a bit by bit we did the drums and track mix with uh michael richards again did a fantastic job and then yeah. cj like he'll tell you all pretty much all the instruments apart from some extra guitars were done in his garage we built built an isolation box and really and that, yeah that's why i love i love the sound i because i think it you know that we we had a bit of that uh do-it-yourself attitude but i still think it, it sounds better than that it's a professional sound with while still again literally being able to do it in a garage i think that's so, so great as well guys yeah. because like it, i think you, what you're effectively doing is like, like sidestepping loads of studio time working with people who don't know the music as well as you do you know and i think it's if you can record all the guitars and bass and like a lot of the vocals yourselves and then send it to someone to mix like you're gonna make life so much easier you know and like it is definitely the right thing to do going into a studio especially someone like michael to do the drums um but like that was the i think like listen because i listened back to you know the your guys previous recordings before um listening to the album and like one thing that struck me is the guitars have always sounded pretty good on the recording so it was really like the drums and the vocals and the bass were really really taking such a massive step forward in terms of mm. how good the sound on the album you know yeah Matto, do you want have to say it was i was gonna say if Matto wants to talk about the guitar tom because like i agree him and kev seem to always be locked in and the exact sound they want and it's always killer well i think the original guitar tom for the the ep in 2018 that was from uh, what was the what was the Mac program that had a, a camera Garage blend? Band? Yeah, no, Garage no. Band. I think there were like guitar plugins on Garage Band for that. Oh, for fuck's sake! Uh, it wasn't really it wasn't really much put onto it, as far as I can remember. Doing the Gav. Did he not have um, a? Did he not have a? An amp mic'd up out in Derek's. I thought he had an amp mic'd up. I think we had one little small like micro cube amp or a Randall uh, a Roland. We had. Mix and we mixed oh, that yeah. sound with uh computerized amp. This is oh, Gavin Doyle, is it? Of Axel Symmetry, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, uh, yeah, um, yeah, but that, that was the sound I think basically for the, the rhythm guitars, and then I just did my solo with the same with the same sound, well, slightly, all ah, right. And uh, I don't know what I don't know what Kev did for his solo sound, probably something similar, but I just changed up, Connor. Uh, the bass sounds pretty monstrous on the album yeah. so was there like was there a conscious decision to be like right let's add more distortion let's get more growly or what yeah i am um, during covid well because because i i had a well you know i was getting paid during covid and uh there was no pubs to go to so i had, a, I had a, an awful <laughs> lot of money that was burning a hole in my pocket so i uh i invested in a heap of dark glass equipment you know the dark glass distortion pedals and uh a mesa boogie and it was just fucking like a match made in heaven, man. Holy fuck. So yeah, I've I've always wanted it was the distortion tone that I was looking for for years. I just I could I could never I could never quite get it or I could never quite afford those fucking pedals, but that's the one good thing that came out of COVID was for a heap of equipment. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. It's such a like step up. It really has a kind of like the kind of like best of a kind of Cliff Burton and Lemmy type growl about it. It's great. We also yes. have like Kev's uh, Kev's uh Messy boogie for uh, his Mark Five for the rhythm guitars during this. Yeah, yeah that was good. That was good to have. Both, and then we both, used uh, both of us bought Mar uh, Mesa boogies during COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so yeah, much how we... they were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then so we if... used the uh, EBH fifty one fifty for the solos. 
Mm. Yeah, and we should give a shout out to sorry, I was just saying we should give a shout out to Troubadour uh, rehearsal studios where we practice as well. But we were able to that's where we did all the solo guitars, I believe, and the vocals using what case was it? But it's basically like an old amp case or a mini fridge type thing. It was, yeah, it was, it was a gator case. Yes, which we semi semi solid gator cases for them. And we put the microphone in there for some sort of isolation <laughs> or whatever so you call it. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, God. Yeah, but I mean, you learn from your mistakes. But I, I think going forward now for the next release, lads, what you've learned over the last three or four years and the technology is out. It's just you need one or two of you to embrace it and lead the others through. I mean, I was talking to Saint Slaughter about the same. I mean, Jeff is doing all their uh, recording and producing and mastering as yeah. well i think like so i mean it's fantastic to see joe and that bands doing it that way it's old school yeah, and it's fucking independent but i mean the results could be varied but i mean if you've got a good guy then to mix and master it and as you said you got michael in to do the drums that was a great decision lads i just yeah born out of necessity it was kind mm. of without being too over dramatic about it's like back against the wall but it's like they're the album was supposed to be out again in a perfect world it would have been out at the end of 2020 it's now three years later it was because it was like no we're, we're not waiting anymore and even with like our patchy release history at best is in like uh, just not 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 uh being able to or not choosing to record as much or as well as we had in the past and it's another reason why because one person asked me yeah we were doing an interview last week and someone asked why is there four songs that were released years ago on the album <laughs> and, but it was just, it, it's a fair question and it's something we discussed as well and it's basically like because we hate our original recordings and you know what bands always say that and people say but no they are what they are and they're a time capsule and this and that and it's like that's a good point but for this album but maybe but like this album like we like we just said no we're going to pick our best eight songs because this is the album that we want everywhere people who have never heard of us before we want them here in the best eight songs mm. it means not only do you get that but again some of our favorite songs that you know we had recorded already we're hopefully giving them the treatment they deserve yeah i mean when i first heard you and i just fucking couldn't believe what you've done to it since is who goes there that came out in 2018 that was the first time i heard of you and i've picked it now uh to play night and day yeah <laughs> it, can, it will change but at the moment that is still my favorite track of the album and one or one or two more but anyway we'll play who goes there <laughs> Teams of the album, are you a bit like Gamma Bomb? Love your horror movies and stuff, or 
Yeah, I do. And it, it's not like we set out to intentionally keep writing songs about horror movies. It just it just fucking happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just uh Did yeah. any of read the um because I guess the song's about the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, the um the John Connor yeah. one. Did did you read the original yeah. the story, who goes there or any of that sort of stuff? It's yeah, pretty good. Uh, I have it there, John John C. Campbell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I have it there behind me. Class, it, happy days, yeah. Players, huh? There you go. But, um, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's such a cool song, and like I'm sure as Richie was going to say, there, like the evolution of the songs from the demos, uh, like this and the Evil Dead song and stuff, you could really, really hear massive markup from everybody. But like, you know, I think part of that as well is just maturity, having played the tunes for years and gotten better and better at doing it, isn't it? You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like we're not, we're not the same oh, yeah. players that we were when we recorded Bound and Skin. It's just night, night and day. Hmm. I think you can even see that in like, so obviously the 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 songs in the album aren't in sequence when they're written, of course. But like we look at a song like Coercion, which is the the first song or the first proper crossfire song that was written, um, and again it's one of the shorter tracks, and it's you know that there's still different sections in there, but you know it's more of kind of a straightforward banger. And then you look at the the later songs are written, the likes of Turn to Stone, which is the closest we have to a ballad or not a yeah. ballad but or you know prometheus the, the long instrument yeah singing or like prometheus the most recent which is like a long instrument well it's cool for me to like have all those eight tracks there and just see the progression in our songwriting as well like it still hasn't been perfected by any means but uh yeah it's a uh, it's cool to look back on again just going back to the themes of the album lyrically wise who was responsible for that would that be kev or um myself kev and kev and okay cool yeah Come on, Connor. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, coercion is about bullying, isn't it? Coercion, the lyrics are about. Bullying. Yeah, that 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 was all, Kev. Um, yeah. I think the, the way I usually I usually write lyrics, I, like I'd be watching a movie or something, and I'd be I'd be half cut, and I'd just start scribbling on a notepad, and the next morning I'll go back to it, and I'll look at it for weeks and weeks, and I'll be adding bits and cutting bits out, and I don't know, I, I don't know for switch to reset, I was looking at those lyrics for fucking months and it was just pages and pages eight like a four pages of lyrics and uh i didn't know what to do with them and kev kept saying to me he's like oh, come on hurry up hurry up hurry up and uh one day i was just like i oh, fuck this i can't do anything with them i was just i just sent it was like dude half that's fucking unusable and like he rang me back like five minutes later I was like dude here's your chorus that's your that's your first chorus. i don't know <laughs> i was like i've been staring at those pages for months <laughs> I couldn't figure it. you know trying to uh trying to structure everything i don't know he's very very quick Sometimes you have to change the way it's sung because it's written around the chord progression. So sometimes he'll write something yeah. and then Kev will have to change it around because it doesn't go with the riff. And like, it yeah, but he's he's he's, he's very he's very quick at doing it as well. He's I don't know he's really really good at doing that. I just love the fact that nothing's changed. Like I think our most recent song, or it's a song that we debuted down in Templemore in early August. I think <laughs> it was. We played it again since. CJ still hasn't finished the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> and they're really good lyrics as well. The chorus is really catchy. The team is pretty cool. I don't, I, I don't think we'll say what it's about just in case we decide to change it before recording or anything like that. Oh, but... we're not changing it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange in bands, Joe. I mean, you go through it as well. But Gamma Bomb, there, you, you'll come to the table with lyrical ideas. Philly will have his, and it's just trying to fit it into the song, you know. Yeah, and like my experience is, you're never going to be able to like uh, persuade someone to do it exactly the way that you want to do it. Like especially with singing and stuff. Yeah. So like we used to get like pretty uppity. Like if somebody would you know reject your lyrics or they didn't like think they were good enough. But at the end of the day, it has to be something that the singer is comfortable singing. It's the same as if you make too much comments on solo saying, "Oh, that's too bendy this bit here." Like <laughs> people are just going to dig in and say, "No, fuck you." Look, you know. So yeah. You're better off uh, just trying to let people have a bit more breathe, breathing room. But yeah, like I think it's great though that you guys, um, like Connor and TJ, user both, um, or sorry, yeah, Connor and the singer user both kind of able to do that because there's a lot of bands like that, like Anthrax. Charlie Benante writes all the music, and Scott Ian writes all the lyrics, and that's the way that they've been doing it for, you know, thirty years. So you know, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you actually brought up Anthrax. What do you think? Of today's trash metal scene, lads, like do you enjoy new records by trash bands or like do you prefer the classic releases? The classics. 
Yeah. I think I think the the modern stuff is watered down, diluted, fucking just them throwing out stuff for record sales, I think. I, I feel like <laughs> you mean you mean the old bands <laughs> recording yeah, the records. old, yeah. the old, the old yeah. bands anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I do like a lot of modern bands, but yeah, I don't think you're, you're I don't think you're ever gonna beat those, the, the classics. You know, for me anyway. Yeah, it's funny. You know, some a band actually I saw in your influences that really stuck out uh, when I was listening to the, your album was a uh, Heathen. I thought some of the oh, stuff yeah, in your man. record sounded actually a bit like. Yes. Uh, evolution of chaos and that kind of more recent heathen stuff which is like you know pretty pretty good stuff you know yeah i fucking i love heathen man jesus christ they're ridiculously underrated band <laughs> no you won't know it's, it's criminally <laughs> underrated that album is it's shocking yeah so there's obviously lots of lizzie i think that's just part of being irish isn't it like it's like if you're in <laughs> ireland and you like drinking and listen to thin lizzie you're going to want to have those kind of guitar parts in the songs and like yeah Especially yeah. sometimes whenever you're listening to something like Prometheus, um, you know, like you're like, oh, this bit's very like Orion, but like it's actually not. It's just like you know, exactly what Metallica were doing, which was like half inch and a thin Lizzie bit, you know. So it is cool yeah. see, seeing that kind of stuff. All that Lizzie is kept, though. In fairness to him, like he has half his arm covered with Phil in it, and we all love a bit of Lizzie, but I don't know how much to be there if it weren't for him. But like I remember, it was great how we um. We played our first show outside of Ireland in Edinburgh at the start of 2020, and it just so happened like me and Kev were we're cousins, and we had family over there, and uh, his dad happened to be on, on a trip over there. So we said, "Ah, oh, fuck it, for you know, for a bit of a laugh, knowing that they're going to be there, we just said we're going to learn Jailbreak, and we're going to play it in Edinburgh, and it's going to be good fun, and we're back into the trash stuff." So we again, when I think of Lizzie and Crossfire, that's the, the first story that comes to mind. What about family members? What do they think of you? music career as such like i mean you are building up to an album launch maybe just go individually around there is there like talks at the sh- at the kitchen table going will you ever i'm sure there's gonna up? i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of awkward uh people standing in the front that's family members looking at us much it's like you know, you don't yeah. know. <laughs> i'm sure is it a discussion that comes up with partners or family members that this is what we fucking strove for put our blood sweat and tears into it's coming out now like and do they actually take it seriously like and uh, i think at this stage because I, I still live with my parents you know fucking i'm 30 years old dublin you know i'm not, I'm not yeah. getting a house anytime soon but um i think they're just it's just like yeah i've been doing it so long it's just like yeah just just keep fucking going that's it you know it's, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah they, they support um, um they support us from a distance is it kind of yeah. like that they're all very supportive <laughs> and you know, again, as I said, we recorded most of the album in the garage around uh, a lot of Connor's dad's tools and stuff like that and making yeah, okay. room and making noise. But, but I, I, think a, I think a couple of them might be going into the album launch, but one one that they've been asked already, <laughs> they're going to be one of the tables at the back reserve for me, right? It's like, well, the merch has to go there. So I don't know. <laughs> like, we're, like we're all, all of us metalhead. We're all self-aware of how mental metal sounds to people who don't listen to it. <laughs> You have to be self-aware. And like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine what they think listening to them at all. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? When you think of it, when you all picked up instruments, you had your idols, people you looked up to. What about now? Is there any idols left for you? I'll ask that to all of you. It's not many, is there? Lemmy's gone, fucking Ozzy. May as well be. Hanging on. <laughs> um, uh, Rob Halford, I'm a massive, massive okay. Judas Priest fan. Yeah, yeah. fucking, he's still he's going still strong. relevant. Yes, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you actually have you listened to the new tracks? Not yet. Yep. I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan, have you listened to Trial by Fire? Nah, it's got a six eight bit in it though. <laughs> <laughs> Six eight's nothing. <laughs> I loved their last release anyway, put it that way. Fire firepower was yes. deadly. Class, yeah. Yeah. Fucking deadly. There was a few really, really good songs off that album. Yes. I think there's still there there's still enough bands out there kind of like of the old school trash that again with some you know varying degrees of original members but they're touring and you'll Would see. Would you still look up to Hetfield and Metallica, for example. Of course, oh, yeah. Like you know, they're 
they, they, they set the, the bar. They, they, you know, I saw Metallica at Slane and then I went when they played here last and then by chance end up seeing them a week later in Manchester. And even 72 seasons, the last one, like, you know, modern day Metallica is modern day Metallica. But if they put mm. out a new album out and even if five out of the 12 songs are songs I'll go back to, I, I'm I'm happy out with that. And, you yeah. know, this still seem to But then you have as well the likes of we saw... We went to Eindhoven, all the way to Eindhoven, to see Toxic there for the first time. Toxic, yeah. And it was a, it was a, great, it was a great trip. And then seeing yeah. Eden last year, two years ago, with Bloodstock, when I never mm. thought I was going to be able to see Eden. So, you know. Yeah, it, I fucking, I met them in the fucking signing tent, and I was like a oh. fucking 10-year-old girl I was. Holy yeah. fuck, it was deadly. <laughs> Holy Jesus. It's fucking the lads from Eden. It was seriously fucking cool. Yeah. There's still a few out there. in their are yeah. Well, like, you know... I, it's a weird one, funny enough. Uh, we met uh, McGowan and uh, Spider from the Pogues oh, yeah. uh, in 2009 at Hollyhead Port. And like we were uh, going over and doing like gigs in England. Actually, it must have been before that. It must have been about 2006 or seven because we were still like getting the sail rail over in England and doing gigs and sleeping on floors and then going back. But we met them at the ferry, and that's what he said. He said the only bands who've ever done anything out, who've ever come out of Ireland all did it getting the Hollyhead ferry and going and doing gigs over here, like so. Mm. And that was something that, like, we always sort of remembered being all like, right, this is, you know, this is what we're going to have to do to try and get the name out there, like, you know, or out, out of Ireland anyway, you know. Yeah. What I like about the album as well is, and we've mentioned it, and Joe's mentioned it, is the edition of a instrumental every trash band more or less has an instrumental under album and this is prometheus that, that was probably a combination of two or three different songs was it lads or did you go no it was... I, it was from the get-go we decided we were going to do an instrumental because we, we we've been talking about it for years but i don't i don't know if we were too confident because if you do an instrumental it has to be fucking good you know the music has to be absolutely bulletproof because you know how vocals or lyrics or anything to sort of support it it has to stand alone yeah. I think we were I think we were putting it off for a long time because we we weren't too sure whether we could pull it off or not I think it's the one good thing to come out of COVID because I, I t- I'm sure we had ideas of the song there before lockdown and everything like that but I again I, the way I'm remembering at least anyway it wasn't until we were locked down we couldn't practice together but then you know we might be able to practice for a couple of weeks and then it shut down again and so it was just yeah, a case of yeah. over that year chipping away at it whether it be kev sending over riffs to me and then when we get into a practice room we'll hash out a couple of minutes and you know our, our song you know it was very difficult because normally when we do our song ryan we want at least me and kev or not the four of us to be in the same room going over riffs seeing what fits in with what so i think prometheus was the result of just however long it was a year of chipping away and kind of perfecting where it could and yeah it just so happened that yeah we, we got it done and i don't think we always said it'd be cool if it uh would go over 10 minutes uh we i don't think i was ever like you know a hard rule and if anything it was like no let's not take the piss here lads but then we loved the intro like maddo i think did most of the bulk work for the intro and the outro which i think are both amazing and i was like no fuck it. it's all going in there and so be it and mm. yeah I, I i i love how it turns out again not a 10 10 and a half minute instrumental isn't going to be for everyone, but it's like, Asher, look, it's our first album. Let's put it at the end of it and be proud of it. And yeah, I think it turned out really well. Yeah, excellent. I'm going to play uh, an extract from it, lads, a section that I pretty much enjoyed. And Matt, apologies, it's not the intro. (laughs) 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 It's all good.
Yeah, lads, fantastic musicianship on show there. Congratulations on that instrumental. Excellent. Cheers. Cheers, Richie. It, 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 took, Cheers. it took us long enough to, to write and record, yeah. but yeah, no, I love it. Sure, it was my solo at the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But I usually save that song um, towards the end of my gym workout, and that's fucks me up near the end, you know. So. But uh, Joe, you correctly pointed out Connor's crunching bass in that. It's really evident, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. Another thing kind of struck me listening to the record was uh, how well you guys uh, handle kind of clean parts and stuff in the songs. They always sound really inspired and it also it has that kind of same testamenty type quality that their clean parts had, you know, which is so great. You're making you know, me blush. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, a, it's cool to be able to do that kind of other side of things so well, you know, because... Again, a lot of I think there's a lot of thrash bands who put those kind of parts in just because they kind of feel they have to, and it doesn't really sound good. But like it, it sounds great, especially as you were saying on that more ballady song. Like it's like you can kind of see the songwriting going in a uh, kind of new direction. I guess is it. I think it's just having the diversity in the songs themselves and then throughout the album. And again, the diversity in the album is probably, as I said, the kind of just the approach of you know we're picking our best eight songs and laying them out in the best way possible so from start to finish to get a good record but yeah and then it's just i think the way we write songs and it's why we just again we could probably refine our songwriting a bit not every song has to be six or seven or eight minutes but it's again because we want the diversity in the song we love having the clean intro that goes into a crunching riff we love having the the solo section but there's gonna be some sort of a bridge riff that has to be in the middle of the song there to get people's heads banging so yeah well we can we can definitely dot some I's and cross some T's here and there when it comes to refining things. I think that's where kind of, again, the likes of having all those clean bits in and uh, melodic stuff comes in. Yeah, it does add, it adds something to it. It really does. Mm. The gradual progression to the newer progressive trash sound that, you know, we love like um, the heathen, the toxic, the fantastic. You know, we love that, that kind of trash. Mm. Yeah. So considering then that it was such a slog, really, from 2019, like how are you getting on with the the next one? Like, is is the is the next one in the oven, or what what's going on? We we have the guts of the next one already written, uh, and we've been dancing around the the topic of uh, starting to lay down the pre production or but um, there's there's no solid plan yet. I think yeah, I think 2024 is all about getting switched to as many people as we can hopefully yeah. gigging as much as we can hopefully outside of ireland as well mm-hmm. um while also we know i yeah i'd say i'd say if we had to go into a studio and record an album tomorrow we could probably lay half it down and the other half is all kind of 75 percent finished songs or mm. like really good ideas that need to be refined but it, it won't be another 10 years before uh, album two is out <laughs> anyway i i, I touch wood <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so you're with uh, Wormhole Debt, as we talked about. Um, what distribution can they offer you? Are you going to go CDs, or which is I, th- I think Carlo likes that with a band. If it is anything physical, obviously everybody's fucking got a horn for vinyl. What What you think yourselves? Yeah, we're, we're I think we're, I think we're going CDs, but the problem with vinyls there's a massive backlog at the moment. I think there's a six month waiting list in a lot of places. Yeah, for vinyl at the is. moment, which is absolutely fucking mental. I think um, it'd be prob- it'll probably be a conversation we have in between this being recorded and when it's released as well. But like we 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 we've gotten ourselves that the limited batch of uh, CDs anyway okay. that will be sold at the album launch gig, and you know, God forbid, not all of them been sold there. People can go and buy them at crossfiretrash.bandcamp.com. Yeah. But um, yeah, keep one for me, lads. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. will do, Richie. Yeah, I mean, look, we all love the experience with that. You go to the record shop, you bring the record home, you look at the pictures, you look at what people tanked on it as well. It's just frustrating that it's just not accessible to a lot of those bands that fucking want it, you know, and that's a pity, like. You can even see in the, the price in the shop. So I, I started collecting vinyl, I think, only properly in the last, no more than the last five years or so. My vinyl, I haven't gotten in a while. My vinyl players actually isn't working, unfortunately. But like I remember back then, I could get some of my favorite albums or a new album for 20 quid. I was in HMV on Henry Street there the other day. And if you're getting one for 30, that's a bargain. You know, yeah. stand, for, for major labels, I think standard is going closer to 40 even, which is disheartening. Yeah. 
yeah ridiculous ritual tell you uh, whenever i went to uni in uh england in about 2001 and Richie will probably tell you again about six or seven years earlier when he was in college. Vinyl was so unpopular then mm. that, like, I think I got every Anthrax album for two quid. <laughs> yeah. or, like, all the Led Zeppelin albums were three quid, or like everything was just for nothing. Like, you know, because mm. so music moves in circles like that, and one day it'll be unpopular again. I guess, like, you know, it's yeah. weird. Like, I'll still say that Metallica, as cliche as an answer, is my favourite trash band. I have a load of great records there. I don't have one Metallica record. I'm not, I cannot bring myself to spend 40 euro on the shops on the fucking remaster. I, I just won't. Yeah. Me- Me- but there's Megadeth there, there's Slayer, I have Sea Savage there, but one day I'll finally fork and say, no, I need Master, I need Justice on Vinyl. But uh, Here, Here's a plug for Lidl, actually. What I picked up two days ago was 50 album sleeves for sale. Yes. I picked yeah. them oh, up. the plastics, yeah. The plastics. And I also picked up Dark Side of the Moon, the 50th. Oh, nice. Remaster for 24 bucks. That's Can't not bad. Not too bad. Another problem is as well, given the fact that the album is uh, pushing an hour long. We, we set ourselves like, these are long songs. We're not going over an hour, uh, over an hour under any circumstances. That's taking the piss for a, a first album. But it also means that you can't realistically can't get a single LP done with the whole album. It has to be, yeah, it's probably like has to be 22, and a, 22 and a half per side, isn't it? Last time I looked into, like, I know, I think, I think it was last, half per side. last year, a Swedish band called uh, Paranorm released an album called Empyrean. One of the best trash albums I've heard in the last 10 years. Like, go That's to fucking absolute name. banger. Yeah, it's amazing. It but, but again, and I don't know if this just because I misread it or they didn't say it on their band camp. I go and buy the vinyl and it's lovely. It's like a blood splatter red. It's missing the last two songs on the record because what? obviously they could only fit it on a Fuck. single LP. Ah, now, I'm, giving them the, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubts and saying they probably said in the fine prints in the band camp and I was just a stupid cunt who didn't read it. But... Um, yeah, that's yeah, I go with that one as well. That's fairly <laughs> shit. That, 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 that's another. That's that's another challenge to it. <laughs> you had no problem, Joe, with the bats final, had you? Or any update? Yeah, on that? well, look, uh, 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 the lads are one hundred percent right. Six months is the delay time because. It's kind of the wax that they make all the vinyls out of to make it in Malaysia, and it has to come through the Panama Canal or whatever, and like the sort of all that stuff's more expensive, and there's a big backlog basically. So. Yeah, it just takes takes longer, but I guess the good side of it is it means that you can spend more time sort of trying to work on promotional ideas, like doing videos or, you know, trying to do things to, you know, big up the record, you know? 100%. Yeah. I've even yeah. trying to learn how to use TikTok over the last two months to um to try Dan, and you just get any fans whatsoever. It's, talk it's been talk a to Philly. He's a fucking a Phil, master Philly, of it. Yeah. Philly has done some great ones. The What was it? Um... Oh, it was it was when oh, you're you're from the north trying to talk to your English friend and it's like all yeah. they can hear is yeah, he does um, that kind of stuff for a job you know so he's like he just has the gift of the yeah, gab yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah like he signed with unearthed music management is that for promo purposes as well or what it's it's everything like we we re- i think did he reach out to us or reach out him but we, yeah we kind of went to him with the ideas uh again kind of as joe alluded to you know your one of your best paths success is to get more of it following the uk we loved at the time we did a kind of diy over um right before covid and we want to do it again in 2024 that was a priority of us so we got in touch with neil who is luckily now managing us and already doing a fantastic job and he said look if you all you want is a booking agent i can i can talk to you about a booking agent but he was able to offer so much more and so yeah we we only signed with them a time recording i think two or so weeks ago and we're already starting to see the um the, the, the kind of fruits of that so it should mean that um again i'll still tbc but uh we'll be back in england and scotland next year okay excellent stuff um yeah it's, it's good to have that back in joe isn't it yeah absolutely yeah there's, there's a benefit a... go on ahead yeah. sorry Oh, no, 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 you first. I know, I was just going to say, you know, again, just the idea of working with people who believe in the band and, you know, it's a, it makes everything way easier. I want to ask, actually ask you lads about the album cover because it's quite a classic kind of thrash sort of who did it or what's the story behind it? It's so bad. <laughs> Not like it, no. <laughs> we call, we, we call no. it Chairman. Oh, are, you, are you looking at the new version or the old version? 
Looking at the one but, that we're <laughs> the one that's on our social socials, socials at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> we got a commission in twenty twenty around about the time we're recording it because Kev, I think it was it was here Kev or CJ already had the idea. But the problem was so we we had to get a change and we got we got went back to him much later to get a change because after a year look at it, I was like, No, this is actually taking the piss. Your man's face looked a lot more comical rather than terrified. And rather than wearing the kind of white gown that he's wearing now, he was wearing this plaid shirt. So it basically just looks like they kidnapped a bald a bald lumberjacker and just strapped him in the chair and like well, brown, cord, brown corduroy trousers. Yeah. Oh, so I was like, Yeah. Like at first we thought that's ah, kind of it's a little bit bad, but all great old school trash covers are a little bit bad, and it kind of went slowly from that to right now. Now this is taking the piss. Let's change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the one we were looking at, Joe, was the one on the lyrical video for yeah, yeah, that's, that's the new one. That's the fixed one. <laughs> and, and who did it? Was it an Italian artist or where to come from? Uh, I can't remember. Kev, Kev, Kev was it touching your man? He'd done a few big trash album covers. It's, it's credited in the booklet. I can't remember the name myself, but apologies for not shouting them out. It's so long ago. But I know, and there, I do know a guy called, uh, again, another Italian, uh, keeping that relationship going, uh, a guy called Andrea Mantelli did the lyric video and we were blown away about that because, again, we, we we didn't have, like, the assets or as in, like, kind of, we didn't have, like, uh, set idea for lyric videos, but we had the covers, like, say, can you yeah. do something with this? Because, yeah, we should probably have a video to promote the lead single. And he was <laughs> able to... He, he was able to do something great, which was what we gave him. Even like taking things, like we, I was amazed when you see the lamp start to flicker, yeah, and cool, then yeah. the, the, your man picks up the phone. It's like, how has he done that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is mental, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so that's it, lads. Joe Vang, dad to it. Bar, just best of luck. Want to say, and... uh, fucking congratulations, yeah, lads. He's exactly. uh, did a great job, and like obviously. You know, with COVID and stuff, it didn't make it uh, easy. It would have been very easy, like a lot of other bands, to just down tools and, you know, wait for the right time. And, you know, the right time might never come. So, good yeah. on you. Uh, it's been yeah. a while coming, but it's great to be here now. <laughs> yeah, and I think, look, you're with a good record label as well, Wormhole. They, they know their fucking shit, man. That's great news. It's all positive, lad. Be sure to say hello to Kev and tell him he missed out on a great uh, podcast. Bye, <laughs> fuck up. Well, we'll chat again when hopefully we make our grand return to Cork at some stage. Yes, looking forward. That, that, that's that's been long coming. The we were scheduled to play Cork the day before sweaty the country Freds. went into lockdown. Sweaty, sweaty Freds. I think yeah. actually, right. I was. I think Good I might have been chatting to you, Richie, before saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, we'll chat Correct. after it or something like that's that." Right, and this yeah. is literally like two days before everything went. Yeah, to it was spot on. It's the trash tour, wasn't it? The yeah. Celtic trash tour, yeah. The the ill-fated Celtic trash tour. God love the the lads from Scotland coming over. They were on the flight over to play Dublin that night when oh. Radcar was been shout uh, shouting outside the White House. Um, yeah, only a hundred people are allowed in a venue from now on. CJ goes running to Fibbers then on his lunch breaks. Like, can we do this gigs? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hell. Mad times, mad times, mad times. Yeah, brilliant. That's so listen, Dan, Matt, and Connor. Congratulations on a fantastic release. It'll be out by the time this podcast uh, comes out also. Uh, best of luck with the launch. And as I said, from a trasher to many others there, uh, you've certainly fulfilled all my riffs and given me untold pleasure listening to this album. And as I say, congratulations and uh, best of luck with, with the band in 2024. Here's Richie. Thanks for everything, Richie. And thanks, John, for doing us. <laughs> Thanks for, Thanks for joining us, Joe. Cheers, Joe. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> and crucially support your local trash scene. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs>